This is the Gambling Gauchos. You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need. Money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, The Money Line Matadors. The Casino Cowboys. The Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. You dig. With the gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I am Rob Rose, Kyle Jacobson, joined today by the pride of Odessa Permian, Mojo, Jax Welch. Jax, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Doing good. Uh, so I, I guess let's start off with that high school career. How special is it to just go to a place, I, I know you're just kind of born into it, you go to it, but just the history and tradition of uh, Permian. Yeah, I had a, I had a very unique you know, upbringing, like nobody else really gets to, I don't know, call like when I was in the locker room, like in college and stuff, like everybody called me Booby Miles, what's up? You know, because everybody knows Friday Night Lights. And uh, I had a unique and uh, opportunity to uh, one of my best friends growing up, his uncle was Brian Chavez from the movie. So I got to meet Mike Winchell, Ivory Christian, uh, I think I've met Booby Miles once or twice, but Brian Chavez used to cook us steaks every Thursday before Friday uh, Friday night games too. So it was really cool, you know, but it's everybody always looks at you like they want to take you down a notch and stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun, man. You look more like a Don Billingsley than a Booby Miles to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Don it's funny, dude, that, uh, you know, like the famous, like, party at Taylor's house. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, our other best friend, that was his dad who played at OHS. They'd always party at his house. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, so, yeah, that movie came out when we were, when we were all kids. I think Rob and I are a few years older than you. But um, how did the actual experience, of, you know, playing Friday Night Lights for Permian and of course, the rivalry down there with Midland Lee and other teams across the state. How did it kind of stack up to your expectations or something, or how, however it's portrayed in the movie? How does that stack up versus reality? Well, so it's it's very similar to Texas Tech football. You know, I always think of Texas Tech football as like the – it almost has a high school football feel to it, like with the fan base. So, like, if you suck at football, we don't want to come watch you. Like, you know, like, that's the thing. Like, especially, like, with us, like, my first – my sophomore year, we sucked. We had probably a 1,000 people at the game. 
But my senior year, we ranked top 10 in state, the entire state. Like, our entire home side was sold out every single game. And then we'd play Lee, and both sides would be sold out. And so, like, you're 17, 18 years old playing in front of 20,000, 30,000 people, dude. It was – it's insane, man. It's uh, it's like I had a few – I had a few like uh, talks with coaches coming out of high school, like going D3, you know, stuff like that, NAIA. And I was like, I don't want to go from playing in front of 30,000 people to playing in front of 200. I just like, I didn't want to do it. You know, it's, it's, it very much has that feel, you know, when everybody chants Mojo, it goes crazy, dude. It's awesome. That's actually a good segue to the next question I was going to ask you. You know, I think walk-ons like yourself all kind of have a different journey. You know, some of them, like you said, maybe have like a D2 type offer and they have yeah. the way like, like, you know, do I want to walk on over here or get a partial scholarship at a smaller school? So how did that go? I mean, like how seriously did you consider going to maybe a smaller school versus the opportunity to walk on at a place like Texas Tech? I never thought about it at all. Uh, I originally went to West Point at a high school. So, and I did it really weirdly. Uh, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't think I was good enough to play D1 football. Everybody told me I could, but I'm like, I don't really want to do it. So I started trying to get to West Point like probably three weeks before fall, like two days in high school. And that's not really something you're supposed to do. So I ended up getting in. I was going to play sprint football, which is 175-pound weight limit across the board, even the offensive linemen. They all play, like, the Ivy Leagues and stuff. And so did that. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to spend eight years in the Army. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. We know when you're 18 you think you can control the world and everything. And so I came back to Texas, went to Texas Tech, and I joined a frat. I was, I was just going to be a frat boy. And uh, towards the end of the football season, I got on a bus, actually. And uh, one of my high school teammates, Dez Smith, played for Tech. And it was Dez Smith, TJ Vasher, and Demarcus Fields. And I started talking to him, and Dez goes, man, just come walk on. Like, you can play with these guys. And I was like, you think so? So then it's, – sorry, it's kind of a long story. And then um, – I didn't know – I didn't think I'd pass the eye test. You know, as, as like a walk-on, you, you're there with all these dudes who think they're really good at football, you know, and they think they should be on the team. But when you're like five foot eight, 150 pounds, and you aren't that fast, you aren't, you know, that big, I was like, I'm not going to pass the eye test to get me past the door. So uh, my grandmother goes to church with uh, Rodney Allison's cousin. So I asked her to, if I could talk to Rodney and he, and Mr. Allison gave me an interview and uh, we just talked. He said, I'll vouch for you. And if uh, he, <laughs> this is what he said, no joke. He goes, if you embarrass me, I know people. And I said, uh, I said, what? He said, I know people, Jax. I've never done this before. If you embarrass me, I know people. And let's just leave it at that. I said, yes, sir. I will not embarrass you. And then got on the team. <laughs> That's about it. That's like a mob threat. I yeah, know. Dude, dude, I was All like, right. 
I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I was like, I really don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I guess push you through. So uh, you join the team, Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, when was that in the season? Because that's I guess Patrick Mahomes' final year, kind of yeah. at the stage in 2016. So I joined in the spring. Uh, okay. I was a spring walk on. So if do you know anything about spring, like the difference between walking on in the spring and in the fall? Just like a gray shirt, so I guess it's different than it, it's uh, from like a walk on standpoint. Um, right. If you get like a preferred walk on or you walk on in the fall, you're pretty much on the team like for that portion of time, you know, because you're playing games, you're on scout team, you're doing all this stuff. They, they, they need bodies. So if you're a walk on in the spring, the entire spring practice is like a tryout. So there's like two tryouts. So I was, I forgot what it was called, but it was Tyler Skubinek, uh, was running and coach Kitley were actually running the special teams scout look. So that's actually where I first met them. And you just have to be a scout team guide. If they like you enough, they'll invite you back for either fall or if they like you uh, even more than that, they'll invite you back for summer workouts. And so I got invited back to summer workouts after that. And actually the first time I met coach Kingsbury, I uh, I forgot what time the tryout was. I'm not a real organized dude. And I knew what day it was, but I forgot exactly what time. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'll just show up at 3 a.m. So I went and sat outside the facility at 3 a.m. And have y'all heard about Coach King's legendary, like how early he gets there? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every broadcast yeah. ever had it, yeah. So I remember sitting out there. It's cold, dude. And I see like a like a fox, you know, run across the, the stadium parking lot. I'm just sitting out there, you know, kind of cold on the bench. And here comes Coach Kingsbury at like 4 a.m., just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And he goes, he goes, who are you? And I said, I'm, I'm Jax. I'm here for the walk-on trots. He goes, do you want to come inside? I said, yeah, please. <laughs> so that's, that's the first time I met Coach King. <laughs> That's great. Was was he uh was he impressed that you were there earlier? Was he like, what the hell are you doing? The trial isn't until noon. I think it was more of like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's more of what it was. I mean, dude, you're a head coach, and you see some tiny little kids just sitting there, like, I'm here for the walk on trial. Like, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you're gonna be seven the seven hours, man. Go home. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Like, like, dude, like, come on, bro. Like, seriously, <laughs> ask somebody. <laughs> so I've actually got a quick story for you since you mentioned Tyler Skuvenek and Zach Kitley. Um, of course, Kitley's back as the offensive coordinator now, but back when they were together at uh, Houston Baptist, and I guess this was the COVID season when, when Tech opened up with Houston Baptist. Yeah, it was the first year I stopped playing, yeah. Yeah, if if you remember, it was actually a close game. Like Houston Baptist had the ball in the fourth quarter with like a shot to take the lead. Kelly um, was dicing us up, dude. Yeah, I remember watching Zappy and it's like we can't we can't stop these guys. Um, so for my my day job, uh, I actually had a meeting with uh, Texas Tech President Lawrence Skubinek, mm-hmm. Tyler's dad, like the next week, and uh, he was just telling us that you know he was on the phone with his son Tyler after the game and you know, they weren't expecting it to be that close, you know, Texas yeah. Tech versus a team like Houston Baptist. 
And anyway, President Skuvenek, you know, told us that he told him something like, you know, do you have any idea how difficult you would have made my life had y'all beaten Texas Tech on Saturday? Because, I mean, like, that's for Coach Wells. I mean, like, I don't think that's a loss you could recover from. Like, he probably would have had to you no, know, fire Wells, like, on the spot. And, and it's so funny playing guys like those teams like that. Like, you know you're more athletic and you have better players, but – those cats are still good. Like anybody who plays in college football, like generally, maybe not across the board, but they are athletic. I mean, Cooper Cup, uh, I don't know if we played, we played their, their school, you know, like yeah. Cooper Cup's the number one receiver in the league right now. Like, yeah. And it's so funny because, yeah, you're supposed to win those games, but like if you don't show up, you can get, you can get your ass whooped real quick, you know? Yeah. Well, and also like, you know, like you talked about earlier, uh, smaller schools like that, okay, their home games are maybe like a 5A Texas high school game. Yeah. So they get a chance to play Texas Tech. And even though that was a COVID year, you know, there's still 20,000 people there. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like you're going to get their best shot. You know, if they have any chance to beat a school like Tech, they're going to give it everything they have. Oh, yeah. They're going to show up, dude, no matter what. I mean, yeah. Like you're used to it, but they aren't. They're they got their adrenaline pumping. They want to. Yeah. They want the blood, baby. Yeah. So anyway, that would have been a funny uh, story if Tyler Skuvenek had, you know, helped uh, beat Texas Tech that day while his dad was president of Texas Tech. But I would have been so pissed off with them. <laughs> I don't know that Matt Wells really ever recovered from even the close game. To be honest. But yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, I mean, he made it all the way. That was in the craw of everybody for two years almost. Yeah. What a half. Yeah, man. And he was a good guy. I I have nothing bad to say about him. He gave me my scholarship, dude. He helped me. He helped me get connections to get in law school. You know, just sometimes it's when you're not like from Texas, you know, it, it's hard to if you're not like a some people do really well coming to West Texas. They really do, even if they aren't from here, but some people just don't. And he was a stand-up guy, though. I, I have nothing bad to say about him. You know, like, he, he he gave it his best shot and wish him nothing but the best. But, dude, I'm fucking fired up about Joe McGuire, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. No, I think – goosebumps, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably 95% of the fan base in terms of, you know, how they view Wells. I mean, I don't think anybody dislikes him as a person, but, you know, in a – in a high pressure job like that, when you're being paid millions to perform, you know, it's kind of obvious when, when you're not living up to that standard, but. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, that, that was actually my next question was, you know, are you able to kind of stay plugged into the program and have you had a chance to be around Joey and his staff yet? So uh, for the first probably two years while Wells was still here, I kind of, once you get done playing football, like it's, I don't know, I may be different than other people, but like you kind of have to find yourself again because you're, you identify as such a – you're a football player, you know. Like, you're there 12 hours out of the day. Uh, your schedule is revolving around that. Then whenever you get done, you're just like, all right, what do I do now? And so uh, Joey kind of lit a fire under my ass, I guess, kind of like so to speak. I was I was following, like, the, the coaching hire real, like, closely, and I was like, man – I wanted Bryles for some reason. I just wanted him. I, I wanted to win, you know. That's why. <laughs> so, but then I heard uh, Cody Campbell and all these other people were on this committee, 
and they found Joey McGuire. I was like, huh. And funny story, my, my cousin actually played against Permian or played for Permian against Cedar Hill while Joey was coaching there in like Shotwell Stadium. So I knew a little bit of history, but I was like, man, this might be a home run hire. So after that, I started paying more attention. I went to like the uh, – it was the Letterman uh, golf tournament. And it was like 30-mile-an-hour winds. It was miserable golf playing. But Joey just had this big smile on his face. And it's just his energy's like, palpable, dude. And uh, I went to one practice, and I'm just standing by myself, not talking to anybody. He took the time out of his day to come and say hi to me. And that meant the world. And he did one thing that really fired me up. I was just watching. And there's a walk-on sitting over there. And walk-ons don't get in the – a lot of playing time. I mean, they don't. And sometimes practice are boring. So this kid's kind of sitting there with his hands behind his back and his head down. And Joey walked up and noticed him. And he said, stop that. That's not how you win football games. I don't care if you're on the field or not. If you're going to give that bad of, like, body language, then, then, like, you can't be on this team. And he won me right there, right whenever he said – whenever he – Pointed that walk on out and said, hey, get your body language up. He wanted me right there. So I'm all in on the Joey train. And a couple of my friends on the team, dude, they they love it. Like they say the atmosphere is different. It's just a family feel to it, man. They're excited. So I'm in turn excited. <laughs> when a lot of the guys that you played with in 2018, 19, well, maybe not a lot, but there's still a lot of guys on the team that have kind of gone through. I, I think uh, Sir Roderick was there in 2018, Adrian Fry. Still Western. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a – it's not odd, I guess, in today's college football, but it kind of is that you're there through three coaches, Cliff to Matt Wells to Joey. and it's very unique. Three completely different coaches, in my opinion. Yes, like uh, uh, Coach King, he, he was a very reserved person. You know, he's very – he's very intelligent, you know, and – then you got Wells, who would try to be the motivator. Sometimes it wouldn't work, you know. And then he's got Joey, who's just about, like, personability and just putting kids in the best, like, position possible. And they're all super unique, and it's, it's very strange. I think it's a very, very unique and very rare occurrence that, like, especially football players that good, like Sir Roderick and Fry and Weston, they're all studs. They, they would have been gladly accepted to another program. But, you know, once you get that West Texas blood in you, it's hard to leave, man. Well, and that's something that I think Rob and I have both been extremely pleased to see was the last coaching staff. I remember there was this quote at one of the coaching clinics, and they were like, you know, we're going to build a fence around West Texas and keep these high school players home. And it, it didn't come to fruition. I don't know if that was for – lack of effort or those guys just wanted to play somewhere else. Um, but this staff, you know, they've got guys committed from Coronado high school, from Tascosa, from Permian, Abilene, San Angelo, I mean, anywhere. And I love to see that. I, I, I don't know if I'd go as far to say I'd rather lose with West Texas guys than win with others, but I, I'd rather roll the dice with West Texas players than roll the dice with, and I know you've got to supplement it with other areas. You got to recruit DFW and Austin yeah, and all that. For sure. But I want I'm I'm a big proponent of 
you know, let's, let's embrace our identity. We're kind of alone out here. And some, some people view that as a drawback. I view it as kind of cool. Cause like you get to own that identity and you're the flagship of the entire region here. So I love that they're recruiting West Texas high school players and hope there's more guys like you that come from high schools like Permian and choose to stay home. Cause it, it just kills me when a guy like James Washington, you know, from Stanford goes to Oklahoma state and just tears it up for four years against us. You know, that's hard yeah, to see. Dude. He was so good, man. He yes. was just making these little cuts. He was, oh, I remember watching him on the sideline. I was like, dude, there's no, there's no possible way I could cover it. And I'm like, I remember telling deep builder like that. So I was like, man, I'm glad y'all are covering him and I'm not like, He's really good. <laughs> so anyway, I've been I've been pleased to see that, and and even more broadly, just I think Rob and I always refer to it as the the West Texas energy lately, like this cactus thing and eight oh six day and the pump jack mentality that Cumby kind of installed last year when he was the interim. Uh, it's just cool to see the program kind of embrace that West Texas culture rather than. I don't want to say run from it. I wouldn't go that far, but no, that's, that, that's, that's, that's kind of the thing they were doing. You know, I mean, I've never felt more like, I, dude, there's a lot of great, great people come from West Texas. They really do. And it always gets a bad rap because people are born in DFW and, and Houston and Austin, the big cities, just, they've only ever driven through, you know, and it, it's not, you don't stay for the landscape. You stay for the people and the connections you meet. And what we are is we're blue collar, hardworking individuals who like to show up every single day. And you may be better, better than us or smart than us in a lot of aspects, but I guarantee you we're tougher than you. And that's what, that's what they're kind of embodying now. And it's, that's why everybody, I think so fired up, you know, it's like, yeah, dude, you can say it's ugly all you want. Cool. But like, this is still a great place to live it is great opportunities and you can make a market for yourself as opposed to what the TCU coach said. I'd agree with that hundred percent. And I think you saw it with, with how the fan base responded to that remark. Like we, we take care of our own when you're here and 20 years later. I mean, that's why, like you said uh, with Rodney Allison, he's like, I know people. Well, that's because, this community stays tight knit even 40 years after you're done playing ball here. So exactly. It's all about connections. And that's how the world runs, dude. And there's a lot of connections to be made with a lot of good people out here. And uh, I, I love it out here, man, you know, and I'll always be a desert rat at heart, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I was trying to remember because I remember you being involved in one of the scholarship videos. Those are always my some of my favorite moments every year at the end of fall camp or in spring where four or five guys, you know, it's like, oh, hey, your mom uh, has something to say on the phone. And it's like, hey, you got a scholarship or whatever. Yeah. I remember I was trying to remember if you were the there's like a video after practice one day or if uh, Danny Amendola called you. Was that? No, that was that was justice. Ju okay, Justice Park. Yeah, so he was, he was one of my best that friends while he was on the team. That was Justice. Yeah. That was real cool. Yeah, him and Gronk, yeah. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, I was I was with, like, um, the committee one with Wells. Right. And it was, like, six or four people, I think, got put on. 
It was me, Malik, a selfie. I think Dalton Rigdon and yeah, uh, right. Michael Nelson. Michael Nelson was a really good cat. Yeah. So and then uh, it it's not like walk-ons are a forgotten part of the game. I, I think especially maybe at Texas Tech, you you have that kind of walk-on mentality that there's been some walk-ons in the history of Texas Tech, Sonny Cumbie, one of them, that you walk on and make a name for yourself. But I think Joey McGuire – has really gotten into the walk-on spirit. I mean, he calls them the dead rabbits. They have like their own little gang. It's just, sick. I haven't heard that. Of, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. From the gangs of New York. Yeah, uh, so it just like, I don't know. It just seems like a really good time to be at Texas tech. And even if you're a walk-on in the NIL deal that, that goes oh, past they, the roster. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That would have been if I was there when that happened. Yeah. No, dude. So, being a walk-on is very, very unique, especially in college football. And I'm sure it depends on the program. But, like, so you have to understand, like, if you're a walk-on and nobody knows you, nobody thinks that you're going to do anything. Like, seriously, like, you're there as a body. Now, you can make a name for yourself, but you have to do that. Like, uh, I remember – I had this whole like thing. Uh, all the walk-ons kind of grouped themselves together. I was doing like psychology whenever I was playing. <laughs> so all the, all like walk-ons will sit next to each other on like the sideline during practice. And so the coach was turn around and say, Hey, I need you in, you in, you in like to, to the starters or whatever, when we're doing rotations. And so I'd find myself sitting next to all the walk-ons and not that I, hated being a walk-on but I wanted the coach to group me with like the scholarship players and the travel team so I would move every single time in between all the travel players and luckily I knew them like uh when I was walking on I remember sometimes walk-ons like spring walk-ons won't be invited to uh our video meetings or at least that's how it used to be and like we didn't get fed or anything uh during spring and uh i remember jay sean johnson was playing and now he's coaching it's freaking awesome but I remember the first like day i went there they're all eating their food and i'm just kind of sitting there he goes you hungry and i said yeah and he goes here take mine and he walked in there and he got his own he got another one and they tried to stop him. he said no and he goes this kid's here watching the film he goes no give me another one grabbed it can set back down. We all watch film. It was sick, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good That's teammate. Awesome. Hey, dude, Jay Sean is a stand-up dude. I'm so excited he's coaching, man. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. So you guys come back um, to their alma mater and get that opportunity. Oh, yeah, um, man. Yeah, I've got – so I'm a little bit of a stats guy. And I just I, – I swear I just looked this up on the fly, but I was looking at your stats. Do you know, do you know what your career rush yards per carry was? Dude, I think it's pretty high. I think it's like five or something. So it's 5.6, which is really good. <laughs> and so I just wanted to – I wanted to run a comp between your yards per carry and I'm looking at Byron Hanspard, and he was 5.6 as well. But he ran for 4,000 yards over three years. But y'all had the same average, so. Hey, that's what my friends were saying. Like, uh, I had a buddy play, like, at uh, – 
oh man, I can't even think. Uh, some D3 school in South Texas. And uh, he goes, man, with this NIL, I've been killing it. You know, obviously joking. I go, dude, I averaged five yards of carry. You, can you imagine how much money I would make? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're actually funny, like, I'll tell people, they'll go, what'd you do in college? I was like, well, I'm still, but I used to play football. They go, oh, really? Like, what position did you play? I go, ass back. They go, and they, and like, people like will take you seriously. They go, <laughs> what's ass back? I go, well, I run on the field and the coach used to yell at me, get your ass back. <laughs> That's great, man. Well, uh, you know, obviously your, your playing days have concluded. And like you said earlier, you're kind of on to the next chapter. Um, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about what you're up to nowadays and where they might see you down the road in a couple of years. Well, I'm still at tech, dude. I'm a, I'm in law school right now and I'm going into my last year of law school and then hopefully I'll pass and then I'll take the bar and then hopefully I'll pass and then see where I can get a job at, man. So I uh, maybe Houston, maybe Dallas. Don't really want to leave West Texas, but leave for a little bit so I can come back later, you know. We have to know a, a law firm with uh, a couple of Red Raider grads. So, what's up? Uh, we might pass you. We know we happen to know a, a law firm, one of our sponsors. Ooh. Got to three, three Texas Tech grads. So, Come might on, uh, pass man. your name down the line. Hey, send them my way. Hey, that's what I told you. West Texas is all about connections, baby. That's yeah, we know people is. too, Rodney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jax, man, thank you for coming on with us. Um, you know, we, we didn't really know you except from following you on Twitter for a little while. And uh, I was talking to somebody in the tech athletics office. They're like, you know who you should get on your podcast? Because you guys are always talking about West Texas. And also they're like, you need to talk to Jax Welch. And I was like, okay, you know, I've never never met him before. And uh, I think you lived up to the hype, man. This was a lot of fun. So appreciate you coming Thanks, on. Man. Y'all let me know if y'all need anything. I'm here in town. I really appreciate talking to y'all, guys. It was a blast, and I enjoy following y'all on Twitter. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> Good deal, man. Well, take care, and uh, maybe we'll see you at a game this uh, this season or something. Oh, hell yeah, baby. Let's go. Wreck them. Cool. Take care. Yes, sir. Bye. Good stuff. That was good stuff. We need to tell them about uh, Barnett, Howard, and Williams. Yeah, I wonder – you know, to pass it, I don't know how to uh, like. Uh, do we reach out to them? Do we reach out to Jacks? We need to figure that out. And I mean, generally, you wouldn't want to call them, right? But in this case, I think we would be more than happy to call them, sure, uh, and let them know about Jacks Welch. Yeah, I don't know. You know, sometimes those law students they've got a specialty, like they want to go into family law or something like that. But of course, if Jacks Welch uh, wants to get certified for Title Nine or catastrophic injury, um, you know. That's what Barnett Howard and Williams does. So even if Jax wants to do a little bit of prep, you know, before that meeting, he can go to bhwlawfirm.com and see what they're all about. Yeah, and then there'd, there'd be four double graduate Red Raiders uh, involved. That's well, right. There might be more, but, uh, you know, Jax, you'd be Barnett Howard, Williams, and Welch eventually down the road. Yeah, BHWW. Yeah. Hey, that, that, hey, that sounds like a law firm to me. We might be onto something here, man. We'll, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Brandon will listen to this episode. I think he's a pretty loyal listener. But if we haven't heard from him in a few days, we'll reach out and be like, hey, so you know, if y'all need another yeah. 
I, I don't think he'd be a partner straight out of law school, but oh no, he, I mean you got to work up to that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, just, uh, persistence and and everything else is a walk on. You you got to have it. So oh yeah, that's great. By the way, we're recording this episode in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. I don't think I said that at the top of the episode. My apologies to Cardinals. Uh, very exciting things in the works, by the way. Uh, if you're coming to town, I'm going to half spoil it. I think we've talked about it before already, but yeah, if you're coming to town on the 3rd for Murray State, swing by Cardinals, preferably around lunchtime. And uh, gear up for the game. If you're swinging into town, go ahead and pick up a new Texas Tech hat or shirt for the game. uh, And then move on, gear up. uh, And you might smell something nice in the parking lot and uh, stop out there as well. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked to people that I don't want to say gave up on Tech football, but they felt like it wasn't worth, especially out-of-towners, it wasn't worth them giving up a whole weekend to drive, pay the hotel pay for the season tickets. So a lot of people are going to be back in Lubbock for the first time in maybe three or four years this season. And so, yeah, if you want the latest merchandise, so you're not wearing the Under Armour polo from 2016, you can grab that at Cardinals before the Murray State game. And you alluded to the fact that something might smell good in the parking lot at the tailgate. Spoiler alert, that is our friends at Rahino Barbecue. <laughs> Uh, They're going to be cooking up the best barbecue in West Texas, therefore the best barbecue in the world. So if you're in town, this is kind of like the tailgate before the tailgate. We'll leave everybody plenty of time to get over to the stadium if they want to partake before kickoff. And uh, we're we're really looking forward to that. hope to see as many of our listeners out there as possible and we'd love to meet some of you and uh, grab some good barbecue and maybe some beverages together. And sell you some uh, Gaucho's hats there, Cardinals. Yes. Did you pick up your black hat yet? No, I uh, my my daughter got sick this week, so I've not had a chance to run over there yet. Oh, daughter! But yeah, Gauchita. Gauchita, yes. Uh, for some but, reason, I heard dog. <laughs> I was like, "That's a lot." I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, shout crazy. out to you to but to like change your whole schedule for that, but yeah, um, probably tomorrow though. I think tomorrow's the big day where I go get the black gaucho hat yeah. from Cardinals. Need to go out there and do that. Yeah. So. You and I have some preseason type content coming up in the coming really just two weeks before kickoff. We're we're right on the doorstep here. So we won't get into too much of that. You know, hasn't been a starting quarterback announced yet. But some other big news broke today. That was the Big Ten's TV deal. And I think you and I might have had differing interpretations on what that means going forward. Is it positive? Is it negative? Um, hyped it up quite a bit in the Discord. I feel like we, yeah. have, we have to live up to the billing of a heavyweight well, fight here. But. Jonah, Jim, okay, honestly, you and I are about to say the same exact damn thing, and it's what I've been saying for months. You're going to flip your tune to be more in line with what I've been saying. Hey. But in my opinion, it was even greater two, two months ago, and I, I do think you lost some momentum and steam. Uh, but I'll let you go first. I don't want to step all over what you're trying to say. I, you know, I love and respect uh, your your effort and integrity here, Kyle. So I, I want you to go first. I don't want to. Yeah, you know, it was not so long ago on the topic of conference tournaments, and I, you accused me of putting words in your mouth by simply 
regurgitating what you have tweeted on multiple occasions. And you said, hey, can we normalize not putting words in each other's mouth? And I said, yeah, yeah I think we should normalize that. That's a good policy. And here we are. So um, here's my interpretation of the Big Ten TV deal. For those who haven't seen, of course, the money is insane. It's going to top $1 billion annually. It's going to go up over time. Here's the gist of it that I think is important. There's no ESPN. First time in 40 years that the Big Ten will not be on ESPN. Instead, they're partnering with three primary um, outlets, Fox, CBS, NBC, slash Peacock. They're going to stream some games. The details that I found interesting when pieced together with the rest of the puzzle, which I'll get to, is that essentially the Big Ten is taking Fox's big noon kickoff, what Fox considers to be their primetime window, So the Big Ten will be on Fox at noon. And then after the CBS deal with the SEC is over in, I think, 2024, the Big Ten will be on CBS's primetime slot at 3.30 Eastern. And then 7 o'clock Eastern will be on NBC for a third primetime slot. So basically, if you're a Big Ten football fan, you start the day with Ohio State at noon on Fox. Then you get Penn State at 3.30 on CBS. And then you get USC at 7 p.m. on NBC. Honestly, on the on the Big Ten side of things, credit to them. This is a great TV package for them. There were some other details. They're going to play a certain number of Friday night games on, I think, NBC, but those will be primetime. And then a certain number will only be streamed on the Big Ten network and or uh, Peacock. So as of now, the Big Ten will be at 16 teams in a in a conference schedule where even if nobody's on by, that's eight conference games. Three of them are going to be back-to-back-to-back, Fox, CBS, NBC. Northwestern versus Purdue will be on the Big Ten Network or Peacock. But this leaves, in my opinion, a good amount of inventory. We know that Fox is not bidding on the Pac-12 The ACC is exclusively with ESPN. They're not going to renegotiate anything. If they did, Clemson and Florida State would bolt. So Fox now has two more windows, their afternoon window and their evening window, to fill. And the other four Power Five conferences are seemingly out of it. Before I get too far down the road, do you agree with that sentiment? Yes. Okay. The second piece that intrigues me potentially uh, CBS has always had just this 3.30 SEC game of the week. And if they want to, they can just roll that into a 3.30 Big Ten game of the week. But if you caught this detail, there's going to be one year of overlap where they play that SEC game at 3.30, and then the Big Ten is on either before or after that. Does CBS want shoulder content for that 3.30? Something that wouldn't compete – it wouldn't be meant to compete with Ohio State on Fox earlier in the afternoon, for example. If they don't, I think you're okay because you still have two windows on Fox that could go to the Big 12. If they do, um, again, I see you kind of sitting pretty because the SEC and the ACC aren't going to be in that. We haven't heard anything that seems to suggest the Pac-12 is being pursued by CBS. So, I think NBC is out of the picture because between the Big Ten and Notre Dame, and then they've got Saturday Night Live um, late at night in the fall. 
I don't think you're going to do anything with NBC and Peacock, but I still see opportunities for the Big 12 to at least potentially be on Fox or CBS in a national broadcast type game. It's not going to be the game on at that window because you're competing now with a Big 10 super conference. But if you have a top 20 matchup with Oklahoma State and Texas Tech in it, and it's on Fox while Ohio State is playing Wisconsin on CBS, you're still going to get a lot of viewers in that window on that channel. My main concern was that you'd be relegated entirely to like ESPNU, ESPN Plus, Fox Sports 1. I think there's still some windows out there for Tier 1 content that would be attractive to the Big 12. But how does that get – how does that – So something you said earlier, and maybe not you, – you might not have articulated it right then, but I guess this was in the Discord. I don't know if you were trolling or not, but you said that um, – I mean, you wouldn't troll. I, I know that. Yeah. But, Who, me? Uh, but you said that um, it, it's never been better for the Big 12, I guess, was kind of your sentiment, at yeah. least in the last five months. Yeah, so so, I, so I how do you rectify trolling. that sentiment when – Two months ago, it kind of looked like NBC was going to be solo with you uh, and in Notre Dame because that's dead. And then right. you're also putting a lot in assuming that CBS would want to play two games just because they're going to for a year to, to accommodate the Big Ten. I don't think I am. I think my exact words were if they don't, you're okay because you still have two slots on Fox. Okay, but you're also assuming that Fox wants three primetime games every Saturday. That's what they have now, and live sports is is king. And so you're right. They might say, you know what, we've got the game, and that's all we need. We'll do our um, – I forgot what they call their college game day competition. We'll do that, and then we'll, the, we'll roll right into that noon slot, and then we'll be done for the day. I would be surprised at that. Um, I just think they're going to want – inventory and it's not going to come from the sec or acc all the reports that have been made public say that fox is not interested in the pac-12 you know they need something to put on tv because they're yes wisconsin versus ohio state is going to draw eyeballs on cbs but not everybody cares about that region and there are people in texas and on the west coast and on the east coast that want to watch something different and so Plan C, by the way, I'm going to keep going because okay. I think the picture just gets rosier and rosier. Um, there is debate you're laughing at. I don't know why I'm about to hit you with even more knowledge, but okay, there was discussion that even if ESPN and Fox wanted to bid on your tier one content that five or 10 years from now, things would look better for you if you were on a streaming platform. So even if Fox doesn't want to fill that, they don't want the inventory and nobody else wants you, you might be forced into what some people say is a better option anyway, which is just, okay, we're going Apple TV or Amazon for everything. And we're not going to be on a station that you can get with an antenna. Um, I don't know if that's my preference. I do think that's probably, that's probably the scenario with the lowest floor and highest ceiling, depending on how that works. But the way I see it, you could be on Fox, you could be on CBS, you could be streamed. And another thing I haven't mentioned yet, you could play Friday night and people turn their nose up at that. 
I don't get that. To me, that's chopping off your nose to spite your face. I'd but, rather play more Thursday games, but I get your intention. Yeah, either one. I, and other yeah. people debate, well, it should be Thursday, it should be Friday. And, like, look, like high you, can play, football is just... you can play one of those games in Lubbock every two years if it means making a meaningful dollar amount more in your TV contract. Right, so because if everyone's taking turns, everybody's playing them. You might play once every year, but it wouldn't be more than once. Right. So even if – let's call it six games even. You know, not even every week during the conference play, but let's say it's four or six. Yeah, like, like Maction. It's the last six weeks of the season you play on Tuesdays. Yeah. yeah. If, if CBS doesn't want shoulder content on Saturday afternoon and evening, who's to say they don't want a 7 p.m. national broadcast – I'm not saying they do or don't. The last thing I'll say that makes me optimist, uh, two more things actually, because I'm super optimistic and the list just goes on and on. We all seem to kind of believe that your Mark and Kevin Warren, the big tense commissioner were tight. And so wouldn't it make sense if they are, wouldn't it make sense for there to be sort of an alliance of the big 12, big 10 that we shoulder each other. Hey, you're watching tech versus Oklahoma state. Stay tuned for Ohio state versus Michigan coming up right after this. To me, that scenario makes sense. The, the whole you brought up the Notre Dame shouldering idea, which obviously isn't going to happen. The reason why NBC might have been interested in that is everybody wants to watch Notre Dame, would probably tune into at least part of the game immediately preceding the Notre Dame game. Right. Or just keep their TV on if something interesting was coming on next. So to me, it stands to reason that, okay, if you're a college football fan, who wants to watch Michigan versus Michigan State, wouldn't it kind of make sense that you would tune in for, even if you're just a casual fan, you didn't go to West Virginia or Iowa State, but if those two teams are in the top 25 and they're playing right before Michigan, Michigan State, wouldn't you tune in at least for the second half, right before the game you want to watch? Like that just benefits the network when both conferences are building each other up. So last point um, seems to be that the message from the Big Ten is we're not done expanding. They have to take – not have to. Whether they get Notre Dame or not, they're very likely to take at least one more West Coast Pac-12 school, whether that's Stanford or a pair of Oregon-Washington. At that point, the Pac is down to nine teams. Are they really is, – is Arizona and Arizona State really going to sign up for a 10-team pack without Stanford with San Diego State instead of just jumping – and so here's, here's a really interesting piece that I think people might not have connected the dots on yet. If Oregon and or Washington, Stanford, whoever, goes to the Big Ten, the Big Ten is playing exclusively on Fox, CBS, and NBC. Who airs Pac-12 after dark right now? ESPN. Yes. They now have no access to the West Coast other than like the Mountain West Conference. So ESPN, it seems to me, would be incentivized to work a deal with the new Big 12, which at this point would have three schools in the mountain time zone, Colorado, Utah, BYU, two more schools in the Pacific time zone, at least through early November, Arizona, Arizona State. They then moved to the mountain time zone. Weird daylight savings time deal in the state of Arizona. So here's my best case scenario, Rob. And if you can get half of this, take it. Okay. You play three games every Saturday on national television, two on Fox to fill their windows, one on CBS as shoulder content with the Big Ten. So six of your 16 teams are playing on Fox, Fox, CBS on Saturday. So that's 
11, 11 a.m. CBS. Yeah. And then 2.36 on the other two. Yeah, six or seven on Fox. You play Friday night on one of those same networks, maybe or maybe ESPN, because ESPN will be part of this deal. So teams seven and eight in game four are also playing on a national broadcast national network. You then coordinate so that there's at least one Big 12 after dark kickoff in the Mountain or Pacific time zone. That's on ESPN. So that gets us to teams nine and 10, game five. And then you've only got three games or six teams relegated to Fox Sports 1 or if you do have a streaming partner, relegated to what I would call a minor platform. And this all leaves, if ESPN's part of the deal, this leaves ESPN 2. You could do it after dark on FS1. The reason why the after dark is intriguing is because there's minimal competition. The Big Ten now might be playing a game, um, but you don't have 10 games going on. You'd have one Big Ten game, one Big 12 game. Well, if those last three games were on, let's say, Apple Plus, um, or if Paramount Plus wanted to do that, uh, because it looked like the Big Ten was just going to do exclusive Peacock TV and right. Paramount Plus Ooh. games will just be the ones that are on CBS. So if you could get Paramount to do 11, 230, and 6 as well, there is your last three games, and they're just on Paramount Plus, and it's five bucks a month. Yeah, that was actually one more thing I was going to say is with the Big Ten deal now finalized, and Peacock is the only streamer in the fold other than ESPN Plus. If Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, YouTube, Paramount, Apple want in on this, they're running out of Power Five conferences to partner with. And that could be the Pac-10. If, if Oregon and Washington stay and the Big Ten doesn't expand, that could be their saving grace is if one of these streamers just comes in and says, we'll overpay. We're going to brand ourselves as the forward-thinking, innovative conference. All of our – not all of our games, but a lot of our games will be on Apple. That could save them. But When's the last time you said that sentence about the Pac-12? Uh, right. <laughs> right. But what I, I mean, was say, athletically. Right. Certainly well, they don't say is, that about anything else, but that leaves if you do have a Big 12 deal where you have a tier three deal with a streaming platform, leaves a lot of competition for that. And so maybe that drives up the price a little bit. If you have Apple and Amazon and YouTube going after that, that's better than okay, if if three streaming platforms already had a home with the Big Ten, SEC, Pac 12, whoever, that kind of is like, well, you don't you're not in as good of a negotiating position. So I think I think it looks great. I think the pack is doomed, especially if the Big Ten wants to expand. I think that leaves the Big 12 as the only conference that could put an after-dark time slot with the Big 12, and I think it leaves Saturday morning and afternoon content available on Fox and CBS if they want to fill it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, in, in your rainbow worldview where everything falls right for the Big 12 – I think a lot of what you've said makes sense. Um, I am very intrigued by the idea of going pure streaming and just saying, hey, this is the Big 12 Network brought to you by Apple Plus. Any game that is any conference game that is Big 12 versus Big 12 is on Apple TV. And that's football 
basketball, women's basketball, baseball, they do it all. Mm-hmm. Now, do they have the infrastructure to do that? No, absolutely not. Not right now. Because you're having to hire broadcast teams and figure out how to get that done. And I would not want to see schools put Homer broadcast for football and basketball. I mean, it's bad enough in baseball. Um, of course, uh, Texas Tech does a great job at that. I uh, love Gus and uh, John Harris, but like the Bozos at Oklahoma State. Oh, brutal. Or or the Texas. But now I will say Keith Moreland, I, I respect. But even he sometimes is very Homer. So uh, the, the TCU crew um, and one other crew is really – oh, the West Virginia crew. Like those are always – bad in my, as a Texas Tech fan to listen to in baseball season. So I would not want to do that through the major sports. But again, if the check is right, I mean, you can figure all that stuff out. Now, somebody would have to really overpay to do that, I think. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not doom and gloom here. Um, I did say that in the Discord today, by the way, if you want to get in the Discord, uh, patreon.com or you can check our bio on twitter um, but it's just like it's not doomed right the big 12 is not doomed but i think you've lost all negotiating leverage and power that you kind of had when nbc was still out there um, i don't think you just kind of have to hope that fox wants to do three games a day and that cbs wants an 11 a.m kickoff once the SEC stops being a broadcast. Here's the thing, though. I don't think – so, first off, let me say, I don't think the NBC deal was ever legit. I think that was a planted story. I think it was a smokescreen. But the alternative for Fox is to just lay down and let their competition overrun them. Because the ESPN, between the SEC and ACC, is going to be on from 11 a.m. Or, or noon Eastern time through – there's a 7 p.m. kickoff in the central time zone or 7.30 p.m. kickoff in the central time zone, 11 right. p.m. They're on for 11 hours. Fox is just going to say, we're going to play one game and then everything's on FS1. I think they're going to want something on at the, the same ABC, time. ABC does, does ABC play three games? Uh, I'd have to look. I, I, I didn't think Fo- Fo- Big Fox plays three games all day, every day. Every I, Saturday? Think so. I think so on most Saturdays. I thought ABC just had one game. And then CBS just had one game, and then NBC played Notre Dame, and then no, I guess Fox does have multiple. Because Tech has played on Fox, the main Fox network, not FS1, at 11 a.m., right. 2:30, and six over the years. I think you're right. I just was kind of thinking that ABC, because ESPN has games on at 11 and 2:30, and I thought ABC was always the night game. But you might be right that ABC plays games all day, and I just yeah. Kind of so it's I think I think it's regional. So like. Uh, yeah, in, that makes sense. In Texas, like if if Texas and OU is on ESPN, ABC, like we get that well, here. But okay, yeah, in Big Ten country, it might be on the opposite channel. It's still aired, but just gotcha. Yeah. So I, guess I just kind of forgot how college football worked, but <laughs> I, I will also say, like, preference wise, I don't want to be on ESPN. I don't want ESPN involved. Uh, yes, agreed. Um, and, and with and the caveat. I would take the after dark slot because I think that's of value to the conference. 
if it, if it was a secondary, not your major partner, like one or two games on ESPN for the conference a week, I'd take that. If you can gouge ESPN and like specify that that's what it is, I guess. But well, but and as a fan, I'm not, I'm not in the business of turning money down either. Right. Well, but even as a fan, if we're looking at a conference now that spans four time zones, if you do add the two Arizona schools, when Tech is done playing a 6 p.m. kickoff at 9:30, I want to flip over to. BYU Utah Holy War and it's the middle of the second quarter and be able to watch the final half of that game you know yeah and I I would I would just as soon do that to, to Amazon Prime than ESPN oh yeah yeah okay I see what you're saying yeah yeah I, I'm I hey all in on the after dark um don't care what channel it's on if it's the only thing on people are watching it right um so intri- intrigued by the streaming, I think it would have to be somebody like Amazon, though, to swing that big buck. Um, if Elon Musk today just wanted to say, hey, I'm in college sports now. Uh, I have that $44 billion that I was going to give to Twitter. Here's 10 of it. Let's have the Big 12 Network. I'm going to hire all these uh, uh, underappreciated analysts and, and give them free reign, and we're going to stream it. And it's going to be alternative broadcasts and it's going to be Pat McAfee and that crew. And, and we're going to be the fun league and we're going to be the chip on our shoulder. Like, yeah, do that. Like I would be 100% in for that. Um, that just, I mean, that's a pipe dream for sure, but it also just feels like Amazon's already tied up in the NFL. Uh, you kept saying YouTube, that doesn't make sense to me because that would be YouTube TV, I guess, or yes. else you're going free YouTube. And if you put it on YouTube TV, you might as well partner with Hulu. Hulu is a subsidiary of uh, ESPN, and that would be like a Big 12 network kind of thing. Well, that but that's be. much more expensive than just going to like Apple Plus, which would be $5 instead of $45. Yeah, I could see the way if ESPN is a, a junior partner in this relationship, so to speak, and they've got the After Dark and one of their streaming platforms, whether that's ESPN Plus or Hulu or something like that. I, I could, I could, I don't know how this would work, but I could see sort of a, a proxy war between YouTube and Hulu to get, to get you to buy one or the other because they're essentially the same product for essentially the same price. But if you could only watch the Big 12 on Hulu TV or only on YouTube TV or Hulu Live, whatever they call it, um, I think that could be maybe a factor. But you're right. It probably makes more sense to just do Paramount, Apple something that you pay five bucks for and it's there. Well, and if, if it was just on Hulu, like period, that's what 12 bucks. I think. With well, that. yeah, you do the bundle Disney plus Hulu and ESPN like, plus is I think 15 bucks a month now. I think they upped it. I, I would also be very, very cautious on the quality of the broadcast. If I was messing with the streamer because they just don't have the infrastructure that like yeah. a Fox or I mean, ESPN even struggles with the amount of inventory they have to put quality people on. Um, oh, and by the way, Tim Brando is calling the Houston game. Freaking freak. I do. You do. That's from our friend Spencer. Not a fan. Yeah. Well, I'll be at the game, so I don't have to listen to it unless I rewatch yeah, well, it. I probably will be too, but just on principle. Yeah. So anyway, that's that should sum up what I was saying in the discord earlier, why I'm optimistic. I did not know why everybody else was pessimistic. I think. Well, because the, the, 
you just don't have any leverage anymore. Like again, you have to. You have all the leverage. No, you don't. Fox, if Fox wants to air college football while ESPN is airing college football, they have one partner they can go to. It's you. You hold all the cards. Or the Pac-12. They don't want to bid on the Pac-12. They've already said that. They said that in the previous. uh, If they wanted the Pac-12, if they wanted the Pac-12, they would offer 5% more than ESPN's lowball offer, and they won't even do that. They don't want the Pac-12. Look, I'm all in on Fox. I have been. Uh, the day after UCLA and UC at USC announced that they were leaving, some genius on KKM.com wrote how the Big Ten and the Big 12 should partner with Fox and have the Fox League and go against the ESPN League, which is the SEC and the ACC, mm-hmm. and form a uh, a college football playoff league. And that also came out that they're going to dump the NCAA in college football. So big brain on KKM. I don't remember who, who wrote it, uh, but that guy, the genius uh, basically laid all this stuff out. Now it's not all happening exactly how um, he thought it would, because there's a little bit of movement, but um. I think there's still going to be expansion. I would see the Big Ten getting to 20. I see the SEC trying to move to match that 20. Um, And then I think that hamstrings both the ACC and the Big 12 to get to 20. Now, I think a lot of that has to involve, obviously, the Pac-12 breaking up and going to both the Big 12 and the Big 10. I think there are some schools that get left in the dust, and I think there's a few more that have to be brought up for it all to make sense. But how nervous? How nervous do you think Arizona is right now? They're not, because Arizona either works it out in the Pac-12 or lands in the Big 12. I mean, they'll be somewhere. That's what I mean. Is like if you're one of the Pac, what? There, you know who's nervous? Oregon State is nervous. Okay, no. Here's what I mean. If you're one of the Pac-12 teams that's not getting a Big Ten invite, potentially, why are you still there? And now, in that respect, no idea. No Just idea. Come on. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Arizona and Colorado and Arizona State and Utah could possibly be saying to themselves right now that convinces them, yes, long-term, the Pac-12 is going to be our home. There's, there's nothing they can see out there on the landscape that makes them think that, other than if they're just in denial. Yeah, it really doesn't make much sense at all. If and look, expansion is not over. We know that. Um, Notre Dame. This is not a bold prediction, but Notre Dame will be in the Big Ten. Um, I've said the last couple of months it'll be before twenty twenty six, but I don't think there's a rush for it. Uh, but now that this is signed. Um, there may be more of a rush. When does this start? 20, 24, 25? The Big Ten is playing games on CBS in 23. 23. 23 to 30 is the seven-year deal. Uh, through 29, yeah. Okay. Well, 30 is the spring, but yes. Up until 30, yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is also interesting because they get to go back to market before the SEC and ESPN. 
So they'll make more this go around and then they get to go back to market. Assuming this works and they get a ton of eyeballs. Notre Dame will play a big 10 schedule next year. In 2023. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was going to be 26, but I think with this, I don't know, maybe they shoulder for three years with NBC and then join, but I think it's, I think it's in the contract that Notre Dame will eventually join. Well, it kind of takes the allure away of their exclusivity with NBC. You know, that was like the big Notre Dame's always on NBC when they play at home, but now every single week, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, USC, Nebraska, whoever, Wisconsin will be on Fox, CBS, and NBC right alongside Notre Dame. So it's kind of like, well, why not just join the conference at that point, in my opinion? Well, what do you what do you think about Notre Dame joining the Big Ten at, let's say, 80%, uh, but they play every game at 2.30 on NBC? Like, they get that concession. They're still making more money. They're in the Big Ten, but... I don't think they it'll get, happen this time because they've they already scheduling. they've already come out and said that there's going to be like essentially a draft like Fox, CBS, and NBC. None of them just has first dibs every week. Like well, but that wouldn't be the that wouldn't be the that would be the the other thing because NBC has individual rights. Like they could bring that in, so it wouldn't be the NBC game that Notre Dame plays every week. It would be the second Notre Dame. They would still play a separate Big Ten game on NBC. But that would screw up the system that they talked about today because if it's NBC's week or turn to pick the game of the week and they want Ohio State-Michigan, you know, they're going to take that over Notre Dame-Stanford. Yeah, and then the second second NBC game would be Notre Dame-Stanford. Because this is – the NBC game with Notre Dame would not be in the – "Quote unquote Big Ten package," it would be the individualized package with Notre Dame. The Notre Dame would never get to play a night game at home. Go ahead. I don't think it's going to work the way I, you're. What the heck is happening? Sorry, my AirPods are freaking out. That's okay. I can hear you. You just can't hear me. Can you hear me? Yes, I've been able to hear you. is going to make for some great well i don't know what's going on i it like my airpods are just sitting here right close case yeah and you fidget with it so they connect no no i didn't fidget with it they're they're completely closed they're six six inches away from me and then it just like on my screen says airpods connected i have no idea what happened you know who might be able to help you with some technology yes our friends over at code ninjas now you're past the age window because they Um, instruct kids ages 5 to 14, help them level up their coding STEM and engineering skills in a fun, hands-on environment through their year-round coding programs. We talked to you about their summer camps, but they also offer flexible afternoon and weekend hours during the school year. So if you missed out or just want to go back for more, um, now that kids are back in school, they can also do some coding work um, when they're not in school. They start out as a white belt and move through nine different belt levels all the way to black belt where they will design and create their very own app or game. Coding will be one of the most valuable skills for today's kids to thrive in the future. So schedule a tour and free first session at CodeNinjas.com. What I was saying when you couldn't hear me was the way the Big Ten deal is currently structured, NBC gets the night game. And so 
they would either have to choose Notre Dame or a different game, or if Notre Dame plays in the afternoon, they would not get any home night games because the Notre Dame deal right now is NBC gets their home games. And so they'd have to choose one or the other. They can't both play on NBC at 7 p.m. Right. Right. But of course, if Notre Dame wants to join the Big Ten, they will make something work because Notre Dame is incredibly valuable. Yeah, and I think it could – I mean, they, they already straddle with the ACC, so I I could see them joining, not joining, or joining in other sports and and being available and then and being a part-time football I But I, the AD has said, I think, that they're going to be in or out, right? I don't know. I haven't like, seen They're going to be – I think oh. he was back when they – like they're going to either be in or out of a conference. They're not going to – split i also wonder if they do break off and it's 48 teams or whatever will there even be independent or conference or is it just a 48 team league and you play certain regional historic rivals and then you know it's like the nfl you just you play you know the vikings play the dolphins well yeah well but the the, i mean the nfl has divisions and leagues right i'm saying like you could instead of being like a member of a conference or independent if you're just this new league and everybody's the same, then maybe this whole well, issue doesn't matter. See, I think that will happen eventually, but not in this window. Yeah. Like 20 years from now, it might be like that. Yeah. But yeah. even in 2026, when this new thing comes about and the, the playoff is under something different, it it can't be it can't be just there's too much money involved. And the Big Ten's not going to go from making $100 million a year to uh, settling and making 80 so you can pull the the Big 12 up from 60 to 80 Like, schools are going to make different amounts of money. I, and I think there will still be the, the conferences. It'll just look a little different, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, they will join the Big Ten. Hey, uh, I did want to talk a little bit. Uh, we had our – did you have anything else on this? I guess we're going to move on. No, I think I laid out my case, and okay. I don't think you convinced me otherwise. Well, and I don't think you convinced me that things are better today than they were two weeks ago. But I do – I and I said at the top that I'm going to agree with a lot of what you say. I just think we could both see something the same way and then feel differently about it. That's the beauty of the podcast. I think you and I, Kyle, uh, in a lot of ways are very similar. Yeah. Uh, but we're also polar opposites. So. I think that's why we match up well. We have similar goals, but I think we get to those goals in different ways, and I think that's uh, the beauty of America and the beauty of West Texas and the beauty of the gambling couches. Brett Yormark, let's ride. Uh, he was in Lubbock today. Do you know let's that? Let's ride. Yeah, I saw Breaking that. Breaking news, Yormark in Lubbock. Yeah, I saw that once like three days ago, and then yeah. I saw it now that he was here. Uh. Did you like the boots they picked out for him? Square toe, double T, Anderson Bean? Didn't get a chance to see them. Do you have a pair of those? Of those exact ones? Justin, do you have boots? You wear boots? Yeah. Yeah. I've got um, I've got some lizard skin. Okay. Um, either alligator or crocodile. I can't remember. Black pair of boots. And then just like some brown leather. Give me some boots. More of like an everyday type boot. 
I've got a stat for you from our friend Ryan Mainville. Who has been freed, by the way. Yes, freed Mainville. These AirPods, man. The left one just died. I don't right one's full power. I have no idea what's going on. It's probably just operator error. I maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ryan Mayville says uh, only five coaches in Texas Tech football history have started their first season in Lubbock with a losing record. Okay. Do you want to take a stab at a few of them? Yeah. Can I first start by saying that that's not a remarkable statistic? No. Is, is Joey McGuire the 14th head coach? 13th? That sounds, that sounds right. So a third of them? A third, yeah. I bet if you looked back, I bet close to a third of your seasons have been losing seasons. Probably not. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but also sometimes when there's a coaching change, it's because the last guy didn't perform so well and you're inheriting a not-so-great situation. Anyway, um, the coaches that started with a losing record, like in their first season. Yeah. Matt Wells. Yes, 4-8, 2019. Uh Cliff did not. Tuberville did not. Leach did not. Um, did Spike? No? Nope. Uh, how about the, not David McWilliams? He had a good record. Jerry nope. Moore? Jerry Moore, 1981, was the the last first-year head coach. 1-9-1. One, one. So from 81 to 2019, uh, all the guys in between started at least with winning records. Did... 40 years. I don't think Steve Sloan and Jim Carlin had a bad season like that. Right. Um, man, we're going back to like JT King. JT King in 1961 was four and six. Okay. Uh, DeWitt Weaver. Nope. Um, I'm impressed you're getting these names. <laughs> EY Freeland. Nope. Pete Coffin, Higgin- 1930. Higginbotham. Was three and six, and then Grady Higginbotham, nineteen twenty nine, one and only season. Yeah, one seven and two. Is that all of them? Yep, that's the five. Okay. You, you thought I didn't know uh, Dewitt Weaver? Dewitt Weaver was a name that I probably would not have pulled out. <laughs> I I learned a lot about tech football history doing the oh, research sure. for countdown to kickoff. And I recognize the name. But not, I mean, you said it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a name. But I wouldn't have, like, yeah. pulled it out of the Mind Palace. Uh, to get there. <laughs> Interesting. And that'll be – so we're going to do sort of a prop bet extravaganza next episode where we just make up a bunch of props for ourselves. And with the season win total being five and a half, that's a good prop bet. Will Joey have a losing season, yes or no? Yeah. Uh, is Fort Worth a college town? I um, Depends on how you define it. Is there a college there? Yes. Uh, usually when I hear college town, I think that the college is like the focal point of the town. Yeah. Like in Ames, Iowa, maybe. Or Lubbock. And not to say there's nothing else in those towns, but, you know, yeah, the city of Lubbock would not have 300,000 people were it not for Texas Tech. Yeah. So, no, in that respect, Fort Worth is part of a giant metro area. Nobody in DFW you know, could be part of a college town, I don't think. Same with UT Austin. Like, Yeah, it was just funny. Donati yesterday was 
He's just trolling us, right? Yeah. Yes, he is. He's kind of he's kind of a good troll. Like the Chicago tweet thinking they had everybody thinking that they were going Big Ten. Like Can I be honest? Yeah. I'm very impressed with <laughs> I think TCU fans really like him. More and more from what I hear and see and, and watch it, TCU has not made a bunch of perfect moves lately, but that was a really difficult transition to get out from under Gary Patterson. And I, I think that was the right end move. I don't think they did it necessarily in the right way. Gary didn't help because he absolutely. I mean, it was impossible, an impossible situation. Yeah. Um, But just as a whole, I, I am kind of, I hate to say it, but kind of impressed with uh, Donati. I don't, I don't like TCU. I don't like, um, Jamie Dixon, but uh, Sarlos and and Dykes, I I think that's a pretty good young core of coaches. I, do think, I thought this was funny. I forgot what tweet this was on. So, correct me if I'm wrong. All this cactus stuff and like we're going to take over the stadium at Fort Worth stuff was instigated by TCU, like. They announced we're not selling single game tickets. Their yes. AD was chirping at a random fan on Twitter. Their recruiting director. Well, I mean, to him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a parlay picador. He's right. You know, right. A crop of Texas Tech fans. Their recruiting director has this whole thread about tech yeah. being a desert or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this TCU fan was in our mentions the other day and he was like, Why do y'all hate TCU? I don't get y'all. And I was like, we don't just get on here and like start trolling your fans. Like your right. institutional leaders, your AD and your coaches get on here and start chirping. And then we respond. And so this other guy, he tagged us and stuff over and over and over. And we just ignored him. Like we didn't like his tweets. We didn't retweet him. We didn't respond. And then he tagged us the other day and we sent like one reply and he was like, here come the tech fans. I'm just like, you you wanted us to converse with you, like you tagged us in this tweet so that we would respond. Yeah, as so I don't. I Is don't that know. the same guy that's completely just straight up ripping off the list an hour later? Yeah, he like replied to our list and was like, "This gives me a good idea." And I guess his idea was to make the same list in numerical order instead of alphabetical order. And with the new, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a great idea. Like that's not really an idea. That was you're just stealing our idea. Yeah. Um. I feel like was there anything else we wanted to do uh, in this episode? You and I need to talk offline about a couple. Yes, I do. I want to mention one more thing. I, I just like broad strokes. Was there anything else? Um, we can talk about Joey McGuire. We can talk about the quarterbacks um, in the weekend episode. So, I guess that's all because. Um. Yeah. So I do want to mention one last thing. I. So last episode was technically episode 99 and we called it episode 100 part one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then I actually talked to, I'm having weight loss surgery. I I guess people know that now I put it out a couple of times, but I talked to the West Texas bariatrics people. So I put that on the gambling gotchas platform. So technically that is episode 100 (laughs) just in the numerical list. 
Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be titled episode 100 part two. Um, but it's going to be episode 101. So That's episode perfect. 99 and episode 101 in true gaucho fashion are branded well is episode 100 part one and episode 100 part two. I just think that's a funny thing, but I, I do want to say Kyle, um, there is literally no one else in the world that I would want to be doing this with. Um, I think you and I, like I said earlier, compliment each other really well. Um, bragging on ourselves here. I don't care. I've, I've learned in the last two years that if you don't think you're doing well, if, if you're not going to, uh, be proud of yourself. Why would anybody else be proud of you? So I, I take great pride in what we do, you and I, and, and how we conduct ourselves and how we represent West Texas. I think a, a lot of people, you know what? I think a lot of people should be more like us, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not that we do a podcast. It's that we don't get to listen to our podcast uh, like a fan listening. I don't know. I was trying to do the Antonio Bryant bit there, but yeah, <laughs> Antonio Brown. but I, I just, in, in all seriousness, I, I really do. I, I respect you a great deal. And I, I think you have a great brain for content and you're kind of getting into it for the first time, really uh, in this sense. And I've been doing it for five years and I just, you've reinvigorated me and, and I, I appreciate you. And I, I want another hundred episodes and then a hundred after that. And, it's been a really good time. And I, I appreciate you sliding in my DMs and initiating <laughs> it in the first place. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Hey, no, some people might not know this if they started listening like this summer or something, but just to reminisce here on episode 100, part two, um, Rob and I followed each other on Twitter for a few years before starting the podcast. Had never met, like didn't know each other from college or anything, but I started to notice back when I used my personal Twitter account a little more often, which I don't do now for several reasons, but you know, I would come up with some idea or like joke and I'd tweet it and either like at the same time, or maybe I realized Rob tweeted pretty much the same sentiment, like an hour earlier. I was like, me and this dude are on the same page about everything. You know, I think at least within reason. Um, so then it kind of, you know, I started DMing you. I was like, this was the COVID year when we, we wanted Wells gone and he wasn't gone, but I was like, you know, there's this dude, Joey McGuire. I read about him on the message boards. Like this is who we need. And um, we certainly do have it out sometimes and we disagree. And I, I think we always have very spirited, but, but respectful, mostly disagreements. Um, but yeah, it, it has been a lot of fun to, to do this with somebody who generally I'm on the same wavelength with and like we're on the same page and nine times out of 10, if you shoot me an idea or I shoot you an idea, you're like, yeah, that sounds great. And you know, a lot of this was just kind of on the fly. Like we decided to do this in June before last football season. And we were recording by August. So like didn't have much direction. And we just thought of all these random things along the way. And we're like, okay, yeah, like let's, okay, there's going to be a blackout for the Texas game. So what if we did a, a Twitter blackout and turn everybody's profile picture black and, you know, all this stuff. And we just randomly come up with it and it, it seems to be well-received more often than not, at least by tech fans. I think a lot of big 12 fans from other schools hate us. And that's, you know, that is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I echo all your sentiments as far as how much fun this past year and change has been. And in a lot of ways, you know, you've to use a, a Rob Broism, 
you've uh, you've asked, is Joey McGuire get a year zero or is it year one? I would say our first football season as a podcast was year zero because like we didn't have our podcast artwork. We got Brian Don Carlos to do that for us in the middle of the season, and right. we had to we had to grind to get Twitter followers. Like I remember when we did the countdown to kickoff last year, we're like, dude, this tweet got like fifty likes. You know, we're yeah. we're blowing up. <laughs> it was like, dude, we have five hundred followers and. Yeah, I remember we were real excited about a thousand by kickoff. Yeah, we were basically like begging yeah. that day. We're like, hey, kickoff's at seven. Can we get to a thousand? And man, you don't want to be you don't want to miss out on being one of the first five hundred yeah. followers of the gambling gotchas. I remember we did that bit. So it, yeah, you know, it took time to sort of build an audience and we really kind of started to get traction with sponsors and getting guests on the show like Jeff Goodman and folks like that during basketball season. And basketball is great, but you know, football is kind of where a lot of people's first love is and where a lot of the eyeballs are. So felt like last football season was sort of year zero between the, sorry, the, the, the lame duck coaching situation, the fact that we're still sort of building this platform and building a brand. And now I feel like we're locked and loaded for a true football season in year one. So I'm excited to do that. And, uh, you know, Hey, we made a lot of good memories on this podcast. I would, had you told me a year ago, you guys are going to interview Jeff Goodman, uh, a guy who threw a perfect game, and Cody Campbell, and Matt Mooney, I'd been like, "You're crazy!" And and we've been so fortunate, and truly, I'm thankful for our listeners, and for the people that have helped us, like sponsors, guests. Like it was it was a joke when we were inviting Jeff Goodman on the podcast because we were pissed off at him because he would, that was the it's love it. Right. Yeah. And we're like, no, screw you. And we're like, we're you want to come on the podcast and, and defend that take? And after we spammed him like four times, he was like, yeah, sure. I'll call you in 10 minutes. And we're like, oh, okay. And then you tweeted, you were like, who should we interview next? You know, now that we're on a roll and we can land these interviews. And somebody was like, you should get Dallas Braden. And we're like, yeah, right. And we DM and Dallas he responds, Braden. Yeah. yeah, like an hour later, he was like, yeah, just let me know when. And we're like, wait, really? We're going to interview a guy who threw a perfect game? So that part has been really cool. Like, I don't know. I, uh, I don't want to make it sound like it's been easy. Cause I think you and I both worked really hard to, to try to build this up, but we've been fortunate to kind of like fall into some of those spots and fortunate that people are willing to give their time. Like, like, um, like Mr. Welch did today. And, you know, so it's been fun to kind of meet people in the red Raider community like that through this forum. Yeah. And it's just a little behind the scenes, our, our biggest episodes, two interviews, uh, Norn Sodiase. Yeah. One of the most downloaded ever. And then uh, I don't know if you remember or know, uh, Jeff Axton. Yeah. Jeff Axton, one of the most yeah. downloaded. Uh, the most downloaded was that uh, Jeff Goodman uh, piece where yeah, I think maybe even by two or 300, I think uh, was the most downloaded episode. So, but uh, I, you know, we've seen solid growth and, and it's not just because of you and I, I think the community that, supports us has been incredible yeah um everyone who follows us on twitter has been incredible the you can it's one thing to tweet out hey we're gonna black out people's pictures it's another thing for a thousand people to be in your dms and and tweeting at you to put a mark adams logo for the ncaa tournament um so it, it just it's it's awesome. I don't want to take it for granted. Um, and also, you know, early sponsors, 
um, that just agreed to have a shout out for free senior chubbies sponsor one. Um, and then we had a curbside car wash stop through, uh, gave away some free car washes on the pod. Um, and then we obviously Upland South day spa. Um, everyone who's been with us along the way, uh, um, what was the other, what was the, the fracking service? Yeah. Longboat completion services. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then obviously the current sponsors, diversified lenders, um, Rohino barbecue, uh, Barnett Howard and Williams, Code Cardinals, Ninjas. Code Ninjas. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, it, it's not overwhelming, but it, it really does speak to the community and, and we yeah, want to keep I mean, giving back. We we want to keep giving back to the Matador Club. We want to we want to keep giving back to our parlay picadors and and teachers in West Texas and the West Texas community. And we're not doing this just for a bunch of money. I mean, you and I have sponsors and and are doing things and are making money, but we also want to buy a theater out and watch a West Texas movie with people and and do that kind of stuff as well. So. It's yeah, just, it's important think, to me that, that we have the community as well. You hit the nail on the head because something I was going to say was when we started this, there was no, no guarantee that it would, it would resonate with anybody. You know, we could, we could be just speaking to the void here and if nobody likes our content, okay, nobody follows on Twitter, nobody downloads it and we're just kind of shooting the breeze, but you know, we're also not like pandering to anybody. Like it's all organic and we're just talking about stuff. We love Texas tech sports. Lubbock Matador's inaugural season, some West Texas stuff. And we just found a community of people that that jived with and resonated with. And they love it. They love the same stuff we do and they like to see it promoted and talked about. So yeah, the giving back piece uh, is another thing I was going to mention. And that doesn't help. That, that doesn't happen without the help and support of many people. I think one of our first endeavors into that was actually trying to get Jeff Goodman to black out his photo and one of our followers slash parlay picadors on the Patreon, uh, Matteo Nomeo, was like, hey, if Goodman changes his profile picture to blackout mode, you know, I'll give 200 bucks to the food pantry at Tech. And we're like, OK, yeah, we'll we'll match that. And then other people are like, well, I just want to pitch in, too. And so I think we raised like maybe close to a thousand bucks for the food pantry just on some like dumb Twitter thing. Um we got our patch on the sleeve of a little league team's jerseys and that got appealed all the way to the national little league board for approval. Yeah. Our God chose um, Dodgers. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, we don't make a, a ton of money doing this. Um, you know, I think there's a reason you and I still have day jobs. If we could do this full time, we would, but um, with what we do earn in, in sponsorship revenue or, or Patreon revenue, doing things like that, food pantry, little league, Matador club, you know, well, we even being in the community with the Lubbock Matadors and, and what yeah. they do for the soccer here in Lubbock. Yeah. You know, we, we don't do that just to like, Hey, you know, look, we're, we're nice guys who give back, like kind of just view that as like not our money to begin with. And like, this is just a bunch of Texas tech fans and West Texans pulling together to do something cool. So um, yeah, I think that'll always be an essential piece of what we try to do here and, and whether it's money or, or exposure, education, whatever, you know, we, you know, it's all about people at the end of the day. And um, yeah, whether it's teacher school supply list or little league baseball team or anything like that. I mean, 
those are the people we care about and, and want to support through this platform that we've created. So it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, I hope there's hundreds of more episodes in our future. Absolutely. And just, you know, follow us on Twitter. If you're not at gambling gauchos, we're on Instagram at gambling gauchos. We're on TikTok at gambling gauchos. Um, pretty easily find us anywhere. Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash gambling gauchos gambling gauchos so <laughs> um along the ride we'll go as far as you guys let us take us yeah i'll just say one more thing and then i'll get off my soapbox um it is not my preference to log on to twitter in mid-july and just post a list but the fact of the matter is there's not a lot of sports going on and so if you hate our lists and you hate start bench cut and you think the countdown to kickoff is hokey. I get it. But we are this close, and my fingers are about an inch apart. We're this close to actual football season once again. So it's going to get even more fun from here is what I'm saying. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, join the Patreon. Yeah. Five bucks a month, patreon.com slash gambling The Discord blows up. We've got a couple really cool interviews coming down the pike. Um, don't want to spoil them, but they're cool. And we'll tease them once they are out there. I was going to try to think of a clever end, but I don't think I could without giving it away. So. Uh, yeah, we don't want to give those away. We do have a pretty cool interview coming up. Um, set the Southwest Conference record for yards in a game receiving – on only five catches. So if you want to find that info and spoil the interview, you can. Southwest Conference was around for a long time. So to so, own any Southwest Conference record is a big freaking deal. And, yeah, we're excited for that interview. Excited for some stuff that's going to be on Patreon. Might be some stuff in the works. Um, a few more Twitter followers down the road. Might open up some new doors. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, uh, the Gaucho Gazette maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Might be some other West Texas energy stuff that uh, yeah, for sure. we're going to capitalize on. So more to come. Stay tuned. And we love you all.